All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, January 25th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. All right, Clayton, we were talking about what we're going to do on this episode of the show, and we have relegated the new release of this weekend, of this preview episode, to five minutes or less. That is Mm -hmm. our promise. So let us start. It is a Jenny Ortega. How are we going to talk about a Jenny Ortega star in five minutes or less? It's going to be a huge movie, right? Jenny Ortega, one of the biggest rising stars there is in movies, the Scream franchise. She's Wednesday on Netflix. She's a huge star. No, no so longer a Scream huge franchise. No longer that. Well, whatever she does next, she's going to be Beetlejuice too. She could be. She's huge. So obviously. We've got to spend an hour talking about Miller's Girl, right, Clayton? No. Uh, no. Because it's okay. not going to make a dent at the box office. Okay. There what ha- is this? What is this? It's a movie. It's a. It's basically like The Crush, mm-hmm. only they're not promoting it. Yes. They're, I mean, okay. I mean, obviously, Great Minds, before we got on here, the first thing I did... I watched the Miller's Girl trailer again, and then I looked up The Crush. Of course, The Crush. And you watched the full thing on Tubi. We know. I watched it. I watched selected scenes on okay. Tubi. Um, but The Crush, now that was Alicia Silverstone in sort of the same spot that Jenny Ortega is now, right? Alicia Silverstone in 1993 felt like a Jenny Ortega of her time um in a way because she had those Aerosmith videos that's when music videos could right. make you huge she had yet to do clueless which really blew her wide open but I, I so, think in 93 like three Aerosmith videos equaled Wednesday yeah oh absolutely yes yeah so I think they were similar and you know, it was, just, it was, I mean, Miller's girl is Jenny Ortega as a student who develops a crush on her teacher. They have an affair or something. We don't know. She There's, seduces him. She seduces what, him. What we're seeing. Uh, this is produced by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Yeah. So there, so it should be hilarious, but yes, but the trailer doesn't give away the jokes. So mm-hmm. I think that could be a problem with this box office is it's produced by Seth Rogen, but the trailer isn't funny. So mm-hmm. that might hurt it. But yeah, I mean, it feels like modern day The Crush. You know, this movie is Jenny Ortega and Martin Freeman. The Crush was Alicia Silverstone and Carrie Ells. I mean, mm-hmm. that that is about as one for one 30 years later casting as it gets is mm-hmm. you have Martin Freeman take over the Carrie Ells part. Yeah. Yes, sort of. Uh, I mean, I like Martin Freeman fine, but I mean, you know, sort of a bland English guy. Mm-hmm. But doing, have you watched the trailer? He does a Southern accent. I think this, I forget what they said, but I think this movie takes place in like Tennessee or something. So he's not doing his native Queens English. He's doing okay. American South. Oh, um, well, listen. I mean, if as an acting exercise, that's great. It, now, you said this movie's not getting a lot of promotion. It's a Lionsgate release. I mean, I really have not seen anything for this. And I go to the movie theaters. I haven't seen a trailer for this in front no, of anything. No, in front of no movie. I mean, this was not in the, this was not, at least when we saw it, in the trailer package for anyone but you. 
It was not okay. Well, you saw that. I haven't seen that yet in the theater. So Miller's, for me, maybe yeah, other yeah. people, not for yeah. me. Yeah. So and, uh, and it wasn't that, played ahead of the Beekeeper, which we saw just two weeks ago. You know, yes. you would think that I didn't see in front of Iron Claw or anything I've seen nope, in nope. the last month. Um. So could we? Should we assume this is a stinker? I'm going to look up and see if there's been any reviews on Miller's Girl. Like as there's, of this night, Thursday night. Uh, are there, are they, is Lionsgate still holding it back from critics? I see a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean, that it could be the story. Now I know he has, bad. I know he has some new flesh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Brett from the new flesh podcast. Yep. You have his phone number. Okay. You should text him very quickly. On air. I'll do it as quick as I can. Did you see Miller's Girl? Okay. I'm going to see. And what did you think? He is a critic. Okay. Huh? Huh? Just see if he responds. And then if he does respond, we can come back to this movie and we'll talk about it. He is our, he's sort of like our uh, resident critic. He's the critic we have on the show. I don't think we really have any other critics on the show, huh? Huh? No, Brett would be, I mean, he's our chief horror correspondent. He's also, uh, you know, he is a critic, huh? And yeah. well, the uh, ace is a critic name. too. Yes, the ace Eric Weber is a critic. We'll be having him back on soon. Just corresponded with him as well. Award season, got to have him. Got to have Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Though they're not critics, huh? Huh? But yeah, I mean, I think I mean right there, Miller's Girl, nineteen percent. It is getting killed by critics. I'm just looking at bad review after bad review, and you know. Critical scores aren't everything, huh? But they know they've got a stinker. I mean, this feels like one of those movies, like the uh, when Jennifer Lawrence was in that, you know, was it not Last House on the Left, but she had some kind of horror, D horror movie that got released after she became a star. That has the end of the street, I think, something has the end of the street. Like this, this feels like that situation where Jenny Ortega made this in the same time period when she was probably, you know, maybe had just filmed Wednesday and to come out or film the first screen movie. And, and everyone knows this is a stinker. Mm-hmm. And so they're not putting money behind it. But that said, it's Jenny Ortega. Even if it's a stinker, I, I feel like if you put a little bit of advertising and had some awareness to it, this could have opened in the teens just based on, her popularity do you do you, i mean do you think it, this is a movie that they should There's have tried no to get more aware of fucking way for? this thing opens in the teens under any circumstances yeah it's oh i mean it's also a dead genre i mean and going back to the crush the that crush thing didn't do anything that didn't do anything back in april of 1993 the crush opened up number three to five million dollars so yes. more than i think we're going to predict for miller's girl um, oh, it's not even going to make the top 10. It is probably, well, we'll get to it. We'll do our predictions. I think it will make the top 10, but we'll get to that when we do our predictions. Just interesting weekend for The Crush back in April of 93. It was one of three new movies that opened in the top three. The other two were The Adventures of Huck Finn from Disney and opening number one that weekend. Cop and a half. Oh, 
a a very famous example of um uh Ebert uh and um uh geez, why am I blanking on the uh, and Siskel, the famous Siskel, team of Ebert, Ebert and Siskel. Yeah, God, yeah. the legend, the legend yeah, the legendary Ebert and Siskel, yeah. My apologies. Uh rest in popcorn, um had an argument where Ebert liked this movie and Siskel freaked out about that. Freaked out, yeah. Yeah. Go look on that. Uh, go look that up on YouTube because that is a very fun argument. Yes, yes. Or or read about it in our uh, past guest Matt Singer's book about Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, that was a good book. Um, so yeah, cop and a half. There's no cop and a half though this weekend that's going to save the box office and open ahead of Miller's Girl. You know no. that that was a thing back in 1993. The crush bombed and came out. But it also opened with Huck Finn and Cop and a Half. And this weekend, we only have the modern day version of The Crush. We only have Miller's Girl coming out. And then it's all holdovers. Yes. It's, and it's we are not going to talk about these these holdovers because we can. Listen, we're numbers guys. Yeah. Box office numbers, different sort of numbers. Um, our audience doesn't care about Mean Girls. Interesting. They don't care about Mean Girls. I mean, listen, we, they don't. We'll, they we'll just, don't. We'll, Pat, they don't we'll care. Just, we'll just go over Mean Girls then when we do our predictions at the end. Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing really worthwhile about any of these holdovers. I mean, well, one question: Do you think the Oscar nom nom noms early in the week are going to give a boost to anything that's in the theater? You know, it's American, American fiction. fiction and poor things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Yeah, poor things this past weekend went wider. Just to remind ourselves of what it did, came in number 10, made 2.1 million. It's going wider again this weekend. I think it's going to over 2,000 theaters. So, do you see a situation in which poor things could make another three or four million this week? Like, how, how much do you think the Oscar nom nom noms will help poor things? Well, I think it would have. I think it would have helped a lot more if the story coming out of it wasn't mm. the outrage over the Barbie snub. Yeah. Because yeah. if if Greta would have got a nomination, then I think the story could have been, you know, spread out more evenly. You're talking a little bit more about poor things. It's still in the theaters. You're talking a little bit more about American fiction because Sterling K. Brown got a nice surprise, a nom, nom, nom. Uh, I think the Barbie conversation has just enveloped everything. Yeah. And just quickly, because we don't have Mike and Mike on it. And I want to talk more to them w about this when we yep. have them on, which we yes. will. It's inevitable. There's a, yes. There's a lot of uproar about the uproar over the Barbie snubs. And it's coming from a lot of Oscar hardcores. Okay. Now, I just want to make a statement here. Would you rather people, the general public, gave no shits at all? Because what do you want the Oscars to be? Do you want it to be a event that is one of the only monocultural events we still have? Or mm -hmm. do you want it to be the niche where you argue about it on Reddit? Because right. if you're upset at people getting upset about Barbie, which, yes, is probably one of the only movies they saw in theaters, right? If you're upset about them getting upset, then you want this thing to fail. You want the Oscars to be on Tubi. You want it to be on a streaming service. That's mm -hmm. what you want, mm -hmm. because otherwise 
the regular people aren't going to be engaged if the movies aren't big. Back in the day, the movies were big and they were nominated. Right. All right. If you don't have that, then this thing is nothing. Right. Then it'll mean nothing and it'll die. So what do you want? Do you want it to die? Do you want to be talking about this thing that nobody else is watching or engaged in? What do you actually want? Right. You don't have to like the movie. You don't have to like Barbie. You don't have to think it was great. But you have to want to root for the conversation to be about the Oscars if you love the Oscars. Because that's how mm-hmm. it used to be. You should want 20 million people to watch this thing. And if 20 million people watch this thing because they're angry about something, that's better than, what, 3 million people fucking watching it? Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot this week in, in light of the, the Greta Gerwig director snub about The Prince of Tides, about Barbara Streisand being snubbed for the Oscar uh, 32 years ago, about the infamous Billy Crystal line, did the movie direct itself? Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about that. And that was what everyone in America was talking about in 1992 because everyone cared about the Oscars. Everyone was furious that Barbara Streisand got snubbed for directing Prince of Tides. That joke resonated with everyone in America. Coastal elites, plain billies, stacks dwellers, earth dogs, earth dogs, people working in soot mines, people working on wall street. When Billy Crystal told that joke, did this movie direct itself? Everyone got it. Everyone cheered, everyone laughed, everyone cried because that's what the Oscars meant at the time. I'm looking right now, the Oscars, and we're not TV guys, huh? We're not talking about uh-huh. Nielsen ratings normally, huh? We talk box office. But that year's Oscars was watched by 44 million people. Mm-hmm. Hosted by Billy Crystal's 1992 Oscars, 44 million people. And of course, part of that was there was less channels, wasn't streaming, huh? But. Uh-huh. People cared about that snub. People talked about it. And so, yeah, of course, it's, it's silly, silly, quote, whatever, arguing about to, to Greta Gerwig, she's a millionaire, she got snubbed, oh, what do you talk? But if people aren't doing that, if people aren't arguing about snubs and the flubs of the nominations, then you know what? You're right. The Oscars will be airing on Tubi. They'll be airing on... Uh, one of these fast channels with uh, commercials in between. Here's a channel of old road rules. And here's a channel of old Pizza Hut commercials. Well, I wish there was a channel of old road rules. That has not happened yet. And God, please make that happen. But that is where the Oscars are heading if people don't care. And luckily, people still care enough to yeah. argue and bitch and moan about the nomination. So, Clayton, I've got a special report right now, breaking review from a critic about the Jenny Ortega film Miller's Girl. So what a, it's from it's okay. Here we go. What a what a mensch. What a mensch. This guy. Brett from the New Flesh and everyone. If you haven't already, download subscribe the New Flesh. Download subscribe to his movie review podcast, Roger and Me. So Brett has this to say. He says. It's just okay, but a fun okay. I had a great time. Let's just say I watched it late at night expecting to fall asleep. I did not fall asleep. Then, all caps, titillating. It's trashy fun. 
It loses points for predictability. Uh, Jenny Ortega's character's name is Cairo Sweet. That was unpredictable. That mm. is a great review. Yes. I mean, he is a critic, huh? Best huh. kind of critic where in just a few words, you know exactly what kind of movie it is and and you get passion in the review and all caps titillating. I was not expecting that. No, I, I, I was thought he was going to say it was trash. You know, not no. I knew he would. I knew he would be erudite about it. Obviously, of and course, gives every movie to, a fair shake. He loves movies. He was able to whip up a well thought out review from nowhere. We just yep, just text. I mean, this is spot. not. This is a live feed. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Yeah. And to be able to, I mean, how long did that take him? Less than ten minutes. Yes. To whip that up, and now I sort of want oh, to he, see. Oh, he wrote he wrote these texts in seconds. Seconds. Yeah. Hold the um, baby. I mean, hold the baby. Yeah. Holding the baby at the same time. So listen, I mean, I don't think it's going to change my pick as to where it lands this weekend. But this thing lands on a streamer. Eh, maybe Clayton's watching it. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the thing. This will be a one of the streamo boys, huh? huh? This will be a huge sensation on, especially if it ends up on Netflix at some point. Um, what is Lionsgate? What, what's their? Where, I feel their like deal? they still either own or are connected to Stars. So unfortunately, okay, yep. this may be a Stars debut, but eventually it'll someday end up on Netflix, and everyone will be like, "Wow, did you see that new movie with Jenny Ortega?" It's titillating. So, or maybe it will land on the landfill that is Amazon Prime. All right, let's get into it. Changing gears here, Clayton. You have a big story that you are passionate about that you demanded we talk about. Could you tell us what? Well, did you? Would you not want to talk about this? Oh, I'm. I. We have to. I'm giving you the credit for bringing okay. this, putting it on the run sheet. Okay. So, well, I mean, is, what, what is this story? Doug this Lyman. Your, yeah. Doug Lyman, right? Director of a few of the Bourne films. He did Live, Die, Repeat. Yes. He did. Uh, he was. Uh, he go. was. Go. Go. Swingers. Swingers and go. I mean, he's money and he doesn't even know it. But yeah. here's the thing. This Roadhouse reboot trailer. Mm-hmm. lands today okay jake it's gonna be a big hit in theaters of course of yeah conor mcgregor in his big screen debut great okay the woman who played rat catcher in the suicide squad okay right doug lyman says this could be his biggest hit ever had rapturous response at at uh at uh any sort of preview they did well guess what what this thing is not going to be in theaters because amazon refuses to put it in theaters it is going to drop on prime and therefore doug lyman will be quietly boycotting the south by southwest premiere of this film wow he will not be promoting this film wow I don't know if the contract says he has to do some sort of promotion. I don't know um, if he's going to have to go and and show someone his letterboxed on mm-hmm. a YouTube video. Who knows? I don't know what it is. But right now, he's not going to the South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. He wrote an editorial 
on Deadline, and we should link to that because you should read this. Yeah, because read. me and him are directly in line with how we feel about direct-to-streaming movies at this point. It's short-sighted. Mm-hmm. It ruins the pipeline that has been greased. We have now figured out the grease and where it goes. Mm-hmm. We had questions during COVID and a little bit after COVID. Will people ever go to the theaters? Are theaters dead? Should we just put everything on HBO Max or Max as it is now? That failed. We now realize the thing is you do theatrical, then you do PVOD, and then you do streamer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Yes. That is the pipeline, and it works. Movies, like No Hard Feelings, don't necessarily take off huge in the theater. They do great on PVOD, and then they make good money for studios on streamers. That's if you don't have one of these failing streamers. If you're not pumping all your money into these uh, holes, these drains, these sewers that you want people to just stay home and stare into, right? Right, right. Sony, they don't own one anymore. They sold it off to Chicken Soup for the Soul, and they're making bank because all they're doing is putting stuff in the theater where people will still see it, and then other people will watch it either again or for the first time on Netflix. And it's not competing with theaters because it was a movie that was already in theaters. That's what streaming should be. Streaming should not be a competition for theatrical because you need theatrical to make the big Bafa Bobo. It should be an alternative. It should be what it is, actually, which is a trash heap for stuff that cannot make it to the theaters. Okay, there should still be straight. There was always straight to DVD. There was always straight to TV movies. There's nothing wrong with those. Those are what are on streamers. That's what should be on streamers. And then they should be major motion pictures that were in theaters. And it has to it doesn't have to be years ago. The windows have shortened. I know the windows are smaller. Yeah. It's yeah. all about the windows. The windows are not going to be as big. Okay, Tom yeah. Cruise, he all, he wants the big window. And listen, with Maverick, he saved theaters. That's a fact. He saved theaters, okay? But Mission Impossible, that thing dropped on Paramount a couple days ago. It's out of the zeitgeist. Like, mm-hmm. it should have dropped sooner. He just wanted the big window, okay? Right. You're right. not going to get the window anymore. But, but there needs to be a window. But there, there has to, to be, be a window. window. There yes, has you, to be a window. If you have a house that has floor to ceiling windows, that's too much. It's, it's too much gla- like it's called in. a glass house, Pat. It's a glass you know house. A glass house. People throw stones at it and they get in. Yeah. And and also it gets too hot because the sun is just beaten down and it's too hot. But And everybody can cannot- see you naked. And everyone sees you naked. So it's a problem. You cannot have a house that has floor to ceiling windows all the way around. But you also cannot have a house that has no windows because mm-hmm. then you are living inside of a box. Yeah. You're living inside of a a, a, a windowless box. And it is an Amazon box. You're living inside. Am- you're inside a- one of those smiley boxes and you right. can't breathe and you're pounding. And that box keeps smiling, baby. Yep. Yep. It doesn't give a shit if you die or not. Yep. And that is that is that is what Amazon Prime movies are. It's a windowless box. Mm-hmm. That that's something. And Doug Lyman doesn't want his movie Roadhouse to have to live inside of a windowless box. He wants 
the theatrical window, a PVD, PVOD window. And listen, if you want to skip PVOD and you go right from theatrical to the streamer that you own, go ahead, fine. lose that money. Lose that fine. fucking money, you idiots, but, but if that's, you want. But, but even that's fine because if streaming is their thing, but it, it makes no sense to have Roadhouse have no theatric. Listen, unless it is terrible. Unless it, but, ha- but it doesn't seem I doubt like it, it is. is. I doubt it is. Doug Lyman makes good movies. According to him, the audience scores are great. Obviously, a filmmaker. I mean, he's not going to, he's, you know, he probably wouldn't be beating for this movie if he knew it was a stinker. Then he'd be like, fine, throw it in the Amazon box. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to see it. Yeah, but- it's a safety. The thing, too, is that streamers are also safety valves. Mm-hmm. They can be a safety valve for, hey, this movie didn't come out the way we wanted to. Let's right. dump it into the streaming sewer. Right. And then there'll be people fishing for turds. Right. 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 But but those people are the people who you're like, all right, they're not the tastemakers. If you're you know, fishing in a sewer for turds and you happen to see the turd that they made, you know, those are usually not the people who are going to be uh uh getting a lot of publicity for their their review of it. But yeah. I I think that it's great that someone like Doug Lyman is making such a stink. Like you said, he yeah. wrote a, a, a op-ed on deadline and you know, he does make, he, he, he does try and be even handed. He doesn't blame it on the people who run it. He says here, I like the Amazon film execs and I believe they're good people trying to do their best. Nice. And maybe they, maybe they are, maybe they're monsters. We don't know. Um, but he does say at the end, the, reali- the reality is there may not be a human villain in the story. It may simply be an Amazon computer algorithm. Amazon will sell more toasters. If it has more subscribers, it will have more subscribers. If it doesn't have to compete with movie theaters. Yes. that That is the key. Doug Lyman is basically saying what we've been saying for years on the show. These streamers want to kill movie theaters they want to starve them to death so that people don't even have the option of going out of their houses to see a movie instead they have to just sit inside wait for netflix wait for amazon prime wait for apple tv plus and that is the only thing they could watch and they want people to live inside of their windowless box well, here's something else, and I, I uh, forgive me for not crediting this random person on Reddit who responded to this, but I thought they had a good point. And, and I'm Redditor sure they're a listener. Out there, um, good on you. They said, you know where a lot of movie theaters reside? Malls. Mm. And you know what competition is for malls? Amazon. Amazon wow. doesn't want malls to exist either. Basically, and listen, Pat, if you want to step aside, I don't know if this is stepping in at whatever, if this tinfoil hat stuff, but. Here, yeah, I, no, before you continue here. with your tinfoil hat stuff, and I'm going to show the audience, I'm about to press the mute button on my mic. I'm about to press the mute button. So I, I won't even be have the ability to join in on the rest of this rant. So Clayton. Yeah. When you see the mute start flashing, you could go tinfoil hat and I will not be able to step it. These big tech companies want us 
to be prisoners in our own home. They they don't want us to congregate. They don't want us to be at malls. They don't want us to be at movie theaters. They don't want us to be in public together. They want us to be afraid of that, right? So we can do what we've been talking about. Watch crap on TV, consume, buy, buy from home. So whatever's going on in the outside world, we're not privy to because we're not talking to anybody, Okay. That's not the most tinfoil hat idea because I do believe there is there there is truth to that, okay? And so when it comes to this sort of thing, if you're telling me that we're overreacting because some remake of a movie that is a camp classic is going to a streamer and that doesn't mean anything, it means a whole hill of beans, okay? It means that if you allow this to happen, then you're allowing a place where people go in public, places like Pat Stango and his mom could talk to old ladies they don't even know about Oppenheimer, right? Who, who they're not, that doesn't happen if Oppenheimer doesn't go to theaters, okay? That doesn't happen. Pat does not talk to random old ladies if he's at home waiting for the next big movie to drop on whatever streaming sewer pipeline that comes into his apartment. So I've unmuted myself uh, as, as I think you've put the tinfoil hat down and, and yes, I mean, I agree with what you said at the end there is that if it weren't for movies, I would not talk to old ladies. So that, that yes. we could all agree on. I mean, you look at this specific movie, Roadhouse, a remake of Roadhouse starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a very famous actor who's been in a lot of big stuff, but has never been a butts in the seats movie star, you know, where, where you could point to a movie that's just the only reason to see it is Jake Gyllenhaal and it made a hundred million. That hasn't happened, mm-hmm. but he's very famous. And this is a, a property that I think is from the time when you want to remake properties, you know, that yeah. the, the, the age group of people who love stuff in the late 80s is probably a good age group to remake things for now. Yeah. And this is the type of movie that, especially with superhero movies being on the wane. Yes. That, and, and you see something like The Beekeeper did well. And Anyone But You, is a, it's a rom-com, but it's a, a star-driven 90s type movie that's going to end up 75 80 million when all said and done roadhouse in theaters could have done pretty well like yeah. again we're not saying this is going to make 100 million huh but huh I, I think this is easily a movie that if it is good if he's you know telling the truth and these scores are really high and it's a fun movie look at stuff like a cocaine bear you yeah. know look at stuff like a megan which was horror so that helps and was like youth oriented but I, I, I do think these fun genre movies now with superhero movies being on, on the way out, it would have probably done pretty well in theaters if it was good. Here's something else, Pat. It has a UFC component to it. Okay. And UFC is big. If you get the UFC fans to go out to the theater, that's money. Yeah. Right? And I don't know necessarily if that's big enough to get people out there there's been movies that have had ufc elements before that haven't you know really taken off but there there is that conor mcgregor as much as he's maybe not in the zeitgeist as much as he used to be there is something interesting about seeing this guy try to make it in movies yeah and the fact that he's just gonna end up 
on a small screen looking like he does on any other UFC fight that's on television or pay-per-view or at a bar, then there's nothing special about that anymore. You want to see when Ronda Rousey, listen, we know that never happened, that Ronda Rousey never did her Roadhouse remake. Yes. But when she was in Fast 7, that was a big deal. When she was in the Entourage movie. That was a big deal. And Turtle was like, if I beat you, I get to have sex with you. It was a different time. Different time. But that was big. We were like, mm-hmm. oh, is he going to beat Ronda Rousey? Right. And will they right. have sex? Right. That was what we thought then. And yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it that was big. I mean, yeah, there's. I think there's a lot going for this. And again, a Roadhouse movie wouldn't come out and do $100 million. The first one didn't. But it's the type of movie that would have sold tickets, made its $50, 60000000 million maybe in a theatrical run, put people's butts in movie theater seats, sold popcorn, sold Mike and Ike, sold soda and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, M&Ms and everything. And Amazon kept that away. And I think Doug Lyman is onto something about these streamers want to starve movie theaters, even if it, because the money they lose on their ticket sales that they're foregoing is worth it to them. If it starves AMC Regal, Alamo draft house, all the, all the chains, it's worth well, it to them with it. They're also starving stars. Mm. Kevin Hart, Chris Pratt. I know he's big voice actor now, but his live action movies, they just made an announcement to try and, uh, you know, like, you know, navigate this whole Lyman situation, negate it by making a big announcement about this Chris Pratt movie that Amazon's going to do. Right. Mm. But Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Right. These people are suffocating in the streaming boxes. Mm -hmm. Their stardom is dwindling. And Mm -hmm. if that happens, then you have nothing. If you only have Sidney Sweeney in direct to streamo crap, then you're not going to have a new star. Right. If you didn't have Wonka in the theater, Chalamet's not a star. Right. Okay. Right. If you don't right. have Dune in theaters, Zendaya, Zendaya, I did it. I did it you too. You did it. You did Zendaya it. Zendaya and Chalamet are not stars. Right. You know, I hope right. Challengers makes a hundred fucking million dollars. Oh, of course. Of course. Because uh, if that happens, maybe. But here's the thing. They won't care because they don't like movies. It's just a widget to them. They're all billionaire tech idiots. And I say they're geniuses, right? But they're idiots like in real life because okay. they have no empathy and no emotion and no interest in human humanity or the arts or anything like that, which which creates a dead earth. I'd rather be dead than there not be art, okay? That's just how okay. I feel. Wow, okay. And I feel like most humans feel that way too, all right? So that's the problem is that me making this passionate plea to them is not going to matter because my emotions don't matter. The only thing that matters is a bottom line. The only thing that matters to someone like Zasloff is, can I write this off for tax purposes? Not the sweat, the toil, the passion for movies, even if they're Acme versus Coyote. To him, doesn't matter. It could be a Portageon, like we've always said. 
The guy right, could be right. selling porta johns. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is, and the thing is, Amazon at one point last year they did promise they were going to put money into theatrical. Obviously, you know they released Creed last year, Creed three, big hit. They there must have been something Air. contractually there though that that had to go. Well, to Air. They put out air and that movie made us 40 or 50 million in theater. So I don't know exactly what is going on with Roadhouse, why they are doing the theatrical strategy for some movies and not for others. And you look at something like air and you look at something like Roadhouse and on paper, they feel like the same level of movie. You know, Matt Damon's a bigger star than Jake Gyllenhaal, but Jake Gyllenhaal, again, is a famous guy who people know stars in theatrical movies. He's not on the Wayne. He's not at, like on the other side of his career. He's as much of a star as now as he was when he's headlining Prisoners or Nightcrawler. You know, and he's I've just never, a guy who people look at as someone who is a, a leading man, if not a movie star. Uh, exactly. And listen, I'm not going to stick up for Gyllenhaal because, you know, he's ha- he, he's had a lot of chances. But, you know, male actors like him are given tons of chances. Yeah. Who knows? This could have been his big breakout. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, it could have. So I, I do wonder what the difference in strategy is on last year versus with this movie in particular. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the the main thing is it's it's very uh, it feels like a uh, like a breaking point when you have such a big name Hollywood player as Doug Liman openly criticizing and boycotting a movie like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and bo- and openly criticizing one of the remaining big producers of movies. So it feels like there's something afoot. Obviously, there were the strikes last year, so that was already happening. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll be covering this. We'll we will be covering this this developing story. Um, so we have another developing story. I think we could quickly touch on oh, uh, yeah. casting news. We talked a few weeks ago about uh, the movie Thunderbolts. Yep. And they lost the actor Stephen Yoon Yun. left Yun. Stephen Yun left Thunderbolts. Uh and, and at the time we we called it. It's just he was getting off a sinking ship. He didn't he leave, knew, Pat. He didn't what did leave. What did he do? What did he do? What did he, he escaped. do? Escaped. He escaped. Yes, he escaped he Marvel's escaped. Thunderbolts. Uh I don't think he was able to save Julia Dreyfus. Uh, or or uh, 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 Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh, they might still be stuck there. But he has been replaced, or at least there's rumors of an offer that went out to an actor to replace Stephen Young. And that actor is named Lewis Pullman. And I think he's best known. It seems like he's been in a bunch of movies, Strangers Pray at Night, Bad Times at El Royale. But his biggest role is he played Bob in Top Gun Maverick. He played the character of Bob. And I think this kind of casting news shows this is kind of where Marvel is at. Not to take anything away from this actor, Lewis Pullman. You know, he was he played Bob. He did play Bob. Um, but Stephen Young was an Oscar nominee, is an Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. He well, was always a star, star of Walking Dead. Yes. You know, I feel like casting him. Golden Globe comes, winner. Golden Emmy Globe winner. winner. Pat. Yeah. Yeah. He's an award winning actor. Yeah. Award winning, 
award nominated, been in hits, been in hit show. And he, he feels like it, it feels like a downgrade and it feels like that is where Marvel is at in terms of who is going to be in these movies. Yes. And, and yeah. again, you know, not to put anything because his actor is a big break for him. He thinks, he thinks, he hopes. Yeah. But Marvel didn't go out and replace Stephen Young with a huge star. With Glenn With Jenny Powell. Ortega. Uh, well, with Glenn Powell. Ma- yeah, Glenn Powell. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It, th- 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 this would have been, this would have been right. something that actors, legitimate people who have been in big movies, would have been clamoring for mm-hmm. and fighting over. And again, no disrespect to this actor, but they're sort of starting out in a way. Like this is not somebody who has had has a long history the way Steven Yun has, mm-hmm. right? This is the level of actor that's getting this job now, mm-hmm. right? So if Florence Pugh drops out, you better believe that it's not going to be Sydney Sweeney getting in that part or right. trying for that part. It's going to be somebody at the level of Bob from Maverick. Right, right. So that's right. what we're working with here now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a uh it, it's it shows where Marvel is at and uh I mean also the Thunderbolts is just also never going to be made or come out, let's be honest. They're they're yeah, I mean, find I, a way to yeah, get away I, from that. Yeah, I really hope with the all the reconfiguration of the Kang dying, that it's not going to be the Kang movies, which those are not going to happen. They can't happen. Uh, right. They just scrap everything and say, all right, let's just do Fantastic Four and X-Men. Right. Which and is not going to save anything. No, but at least then Julia Louis-Dreyfus will be free from Thunderbolts. Florence Pugh will be free from Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Pullman will never have to... And we'll never have to be in that Thunderbolts prison. No, he'll never have to put on latex. Yeah. Um, and all right, run Clayton, around in a warehouse. Do you want to? Because do you want to do what we planned as our final segment? Well, you know, I'm now sort of on your side with this, where I okay. feel like we do our top fives. Okay. And then we make this a web exclusive because okay. I'm looking at the clock and I'm feeling okay about this time. Okay. Okay, so let's let's uh, tell the podcast audience then, because we're basically taking something and putting it on on pay per view right now. Yeah. Um, we are going to. It just dropped. Sydney Sweeney yeah. is on an episode of Hot Ones, brand new, just dropped today. Red Hot. So Clayton and I are going to watch it, do a screen share. We're going to react to on, it and react to it. So we're going to yeah. do a react to Hot Ones, but. You heard Clayton made the executive decision. We're going to do it as a web exclusive on the BO Boys YouTube channel. So, well, that's g- just so I'm protecting the podcast listeners because okay. if you get it, if it does get pulled, we don't want it to get pulled from the podcast. People need this information about well, it, everything we've talked about, and we don't want that to get pulled. But it's I'm also protecting a, a, the podcasters. You're protecting the podcast, but it's also a way to drive. Uh, listeners and viewers to the YouTube channel. If protecting the podcast means that we drive people to YouTube, then that's just what happens. So if you want to hear and see, because we're going to be 
we're, you're going to see the video. You're going to see us watching the video. If you want to see Clayton and I react to Sydney Sweeney on the hot ones, you got to go to the YouTube channel. It'll probably be up there as you're here in this podcast. So go to the YouTube channel, Clayton and I breaking down hot ones with Sydney Sweeney in real time. So let's then get to the end of this podcast episode, Clayton, and give our top fives for the weekend of Friday, January 26, 2024. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. And even though we've been bashing Amazon and MGM, the beekeeper is in theaters. And it's going to be your number one movie. I'm calling wow. it number one. $7 million over Mean wow. Girls. Nobody likes Mean Girls. Mean Girls number two with $6 million. Under that, I do think Wonka is still holding strong. It's going to make about five. I really think it's going to be a fight to the finish here with Migration and Anyone But You. But I think Anyone But You is going to take over. And yep. then Migration is going to be number five. That's my top five. So what do you, uh, where do you have Miller's Girl? Miller's Girl, I don't think makes the top. I don't think it's going to make the top 10. I think it will be. Uh, it'll. It's Armageddon time for Miller Girl. Oh, my God. $848,000 for the Miller's wow. Girl. Wow. Okay. All right. Let me get my top five. I think Mean Girls is going to stay number one. And I'm honestly basing that solely off of on my way out of the office this weekend ran into uh, a couple of office friends who they were all going to go see mean girls tonight. They, the, the, it was, it was I think two or three, uh, 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 female coworkers who were getting together. They were going to go to a, a dine in movie theater, have some wine, watch mean girls. So, you know what? Maybe that's it, happening. Maybe there are some late catching up to mean girls, Party did they atmosphere. know it was a musical? Did you ask them? I did. I directly asked them, and they knew it was a musical. They At knew this it was point, a if they didn't, and, yeah, I'm not going to say. Yeah, no, no. They knew they they haven't known the whole time, but they knew they knew as of tonight. They knew. I said, "Did you know it was a musical?" They all knew, and they at this point had known about the controversy. Of is it a musical? Is it not a musical? So I think a lot of people are learning that it's a musical from the controversy that it was in fact a musical. So okay. I'm going to go Mean Girls number one. Uh, I guess it makes like six million or something like that. It's a beekeeper right behind it. Wonka, and then I agree. Anyone but you is four, and Migration is five. I think Miller's Girl makes like two million. So I think it's it's going to be ahead of. ISS the ISIS movie. It's going to be ahead of Night Swim. Maybe Poor Things with the expansion gets ahead of it, but I, I think it's definitely in the top ten because it's going to get a wide release and people see Jenny Ortega on the poster when they pass by the movie theater. So, uh, dude, I, I nobody knows this movie's coming out. Yeah, but I I think it'll get it'll get just like people seeing the poster when they go. I don't know. I think there's enough of a. People don't uh, hang out at movie theaters unless they're going to go see what they're going to see. Listen, I, well, I don't know why I'm arguing with you. Yeah, it's yeah. Your top I, 10, I, don't know. You I mean, it's great know. radio, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it gets in the top 10 because, again, there's so many stinkers uh, and, you know, warmed over holdovers. It's it's going to finish ahead of something like ISS, the ISIS movie. It just has to. Yeah. Um, so that is our top 10. 
Um, I do want to call attention to a tweet that I received from uh, a listener. And we've talked about this, this person before Champser and Champser said, and the streak will go down this weekend. No movie over 10 million pity, pathetic, upsetting. That is from Champser. So of course the streak, which ended sometime last September of having at least one movie make double digits in the movie theater every weekend. And we've had that streak, I guess, for a while now. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's been a long time since we've had no movie make $10 million at the movie theater. And that is going to happen this weekend. There's Mm -hmm. no movie that will make $10 million this weekend. So yeah, Champser is right. It is a pity and it is pathetic. It is pathetic. Mm, it is pathetic. Um, is there anything else, Clayton, that we need to get no, to? Let's get to hot ones. Come on, let's do it. Okay, so we're just gonna we're gonna jump over to the web exclusive reacts to hot ones. So of course, email us the bo boys podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social at the bo boys pod on social media, Twitter X. And TikTok, want to be our senior intern. Christopher is killing it with the social media clips. Of course, want to be our junior intern, Jack. I mean, the Substack is back, thanks to Jack. So subscribe if you haven't already. We've been getting a rash of new of uh, of new Substack subscribers because Jack is just writing two, three articles a week there. So you gotta subscribe to our Substack and five star reviews, and of course. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. This this could be our our biggest web exclusive ever. What we're about to do, we are about yeah. to react to Sydney Sweeney on Hot Ones. So Clayton, we got to get over there. We got to do this react video. So there's nothing left to say. There's just nothing. No, there can't be. No, except for <sighs> until next time. Until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.